0: all right why don't we
1: go ahead and get started we might have some in, but that's all right um why don't we start in a word of prayer heavenly father i thank you so much um that your word gives us everything that we need for life and godliness and that includes anxiety and um it's exciting that we get to look at what your word says about anxiety and um what we can learn from it lord i pray that Um, you would give me the words that you want communicated, that I would fade into the background, and that um, you would help my emotions not to get the better of me, and um, you would be glorified through this class. In your name, amen. All right, so I want to start off by saying what this class is not. This class is not Five Steps to Conquer Anxiety. (laughs) I wish it were that simple, but it's not. There are many contributing factors, such as physical sources, sin sources, emotional sources. Um, We have to rely on God's word and prayer as we dive into this topic, trusting that the Holy Spirit will bring clarity to our individual circumstances. Katie? Yeah. This is Anya. Yeah, thank you. Um, This study is not intended to replace thyroid medication or address medical conditions that can cause anxiety. Um, I just wanted to read a quote um, from this study that we're kind of pulling a lot of the um, content from. Uh, Her name is Scarlett Hiltabittal. Good luck saying that one. (laughs) Um, And it says in our broken world, it's a constant temptation to find a final fix. We hope to check the box and expect smooth sailing from then on. We will absolutely have smooth sailing someday, but not in this world. The seas of this world have hurricanes, but the Lord has reminded me again and again through his word and his spirit that ultimate peace is our hope someday, but abundant life is available today. Forever peace is coming, but present peace must be pursued. We must learn to expect and accept that suffering Jesus promised us. In this world, you will have trouble from John 16:33. All the while, straining to see through all the sad and scary to the second half of the verse, there is Jesus who tells us, take heart, I have overcome the world. My hope is that you'll walk into this study not looking for magic words that make fear disappear from your life forever but rather looking to and leaning on Jesus who has already overcome everything that makes you anxious. So my prayer is that throughout these 12 weeks that you guys will see what the, word, the God's word has to say about anxiety and walk away with some tools to help you in the ongoing battle as we rely on the Lord. So I thought I'd share a little bit about my history with anxiety. Um, I don't know why. Every time I... Okay, we are
0: going to
1: to. Not sure why I get emotional when I tell the story, but I... So we moved to Lewisport, Kentucky in 2014, and bear with me. I If I read, it's because I don't know what will come out of my mouth if I don't read some. <laughs> um. So I went into this move with tremendous sense of hope and expectation for what the Lord was going to do and what he had in store for us. Um, when we candidated at this church, I hit it off with a lady, and we quickly developed a friendship. This continued. We texted a lot when we, um, before we actually moved, and we were just texting a whole bunch back and forth, and um, we really became close friends. <coughs> I was excited to get to know the other ladies in the church. Um, but as so often happens in life and sometimes in the church sin reared its ugly head and that close friendship abruptly ended suffice it to say there was some betrayal involved there was some territorialism involved and um, it kind of ended the prospect of friendship with other ladies in the church with whom she had influence I spent many hours soul-searching, asking the Lord what I'd done wrong, and there didn't appear to be an answer, but it altered what the future looked for, like for me at that church, and we just started there. Now my church didn't feel like a safe place. I was constantly worried what people were thinking of me, what they'd heard, and how I could could I put myself out there when after what had just happened. So I found myself avoiding church whenever possible or arriving late and leaving early, blaming it on my kids. <laughs> um, I began to be anxious anytime I had to leave the house. The only safe place seemed to be my house, and the world was closing. my world was closing in on me. Throughout all of this, my husband tried to encourage me and challenged me to get in the Word more, but I brushed it off. I was drowning in my anxiety, and I thought I knew better. How could God's Word fix this mess I found myself in? But finally, when I realized, you know, we try our own ways and it doesn't work. (laughs) And I got to the end of myself and I became desperate enough to listen. I opened the word and I allowed the Lord to speak to me through the fog. As I let God's word wash over me, the Holy Spirit impressed on me that I was going to church for the wrong reasons. I was looking to get something out of being there instead of looking for ways I could encourage others. At this point, the anxiety had become so bad that I was virtually terrified of people. I avoided people at all costs. But I couldn't shake what I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to do. I needed to reach out to one person that Sunday. And as scary as it was, there was peace in the midst of setting my will to obey. And I did just that. And I didn't die. (laughs) And the next week, I reached out to two people. And the next week, three. The anxiety was still there, but there was also a sense of peace that I was obeying the Lord. The level of anxiety did decrease as I walked in obedience, but it never went away while we were at that church. But I learned that I had to be in the word, trusting God's promises and walking in obedience in order to have a hope of overcoming anxiety. And if we went around the room and we all told our stories, I'm sure we'd all have different life experiences that have contributed to our struggle with anxiety. Over the next 12 weeks, we're going to look at four individuals in the Bible who had anxiety-producing circumstances in their life, how they handled it, lessons that we can glean from that. Um, And then we'll look at how our thoughts affect our anxiety and how prayer, being in God's word, and the body of Christ are our secret weapons in fighting this battle. And anybody that knows me knows this up here is not my jam. (laughs) So this is an ongoing battle for me personally. Um, so let's start by opening to First Samuel 21. Yes. want to read verse 10 to 15.
0: Okay, go ahead. David fled that day from Saul's presence and went to king of Gath. But Achish's servants said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Don't they sing about him during their dances? Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. David took David took this to heart and became very afraid of king Akish of Gath, so he pretended to be insane in their presence. He acted like a madman around them, scribbling on the doors of the city gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Look, you can see the man's crazy, Akish said to his servants. Why did you bring him to me? Do I have such a shortage of crazy people that you brought this one to act crazy around me? Is this one going to come into my house?
1: Thank you. So what is happening in this passage? Does anybody know what led up to this? Mm -hmm. So right before this, Jonathan had met with David, (coughs) Jonathan is Saul's son, and had said, um, my father is out to kill you. And so he runs and he goes to, um, he got supplies from a man, and then he fled to Gath, which is what happens here. So it's about... 20 miles from where he had been to Gath, which is significant. It, I think it's about that far, but that's quite a ways to go on foot or horse or whatever they rode on. Um, and so what's he doing here? acting crazy. He's acting crazy. <laughs> Why is he acting crazy?
2: He goes to try to get out of
1: something. Why is he? Why is he afraid? <clears throat> Isn't
0: it that they want to kill him? Sorry, is it that they want to kill
1: him? He thinks they want to kill him because his he knows his rep, reputation has preceded him. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. So maybe he's imagining they're afraid of him, and so. He behaves crazy. <laughs> He's definitely not trusting God. That's right, yeah. It's amazing how our worries can lead us to behave. So how do you tend to struggle when it comes to relation relational anxiety? How does that lead you to behave sometimes? Avoidance.
0: Mm
1: hmm.
0: Maybe like in front of you like if you're doing something I don't know what's funny but like you're just blinded from what's actually happening and you're more seeing kind of what you feel might happen like if you're worried about
1: something right yeah
3: mind tends
0: to race ahead of
3: what the bad things are what could happen negative and just want to stay in a your safe place
1: right avoidance yeah.
3: yeah you're worried about stuff that happens. And I read somewhere like 90% of your fear never happens. So, like, well, I'm worried about 100% of it, so there's 10% that happens. That's the way my priest it. Right. Speaking for myself, if you don't know what happens,
1: then it's going to be bad. Right? Yeah. Like last night, yeah. my home is going to be destroyed. Where am I going to stay? Like, why even go down that path? It hasn't happened. <laughs>
4: yeah. I, have a friend that, um, I graduated from Jersey in 1970, and I have nursed till I'm 77, and I stayed as a nurse till I'm 76 and retired because the doctor's wife died of COVID. But I was a friend with two two there were three of us who were always together in nursing school. And for seven for years since that time in 70 to now one girl and I were closer. And all of a sudden um, I met her for lunch and she was telling me to shut up and I talked too much and what's wrong with you and it's like Marcia stop mm-hmm. what I, I mean I think you've got to say what did I do what did I do because mm-hmm. after all those years she was so angry at me that she couldn't talk and she was just I, I mean I just I would I didn't drive home to see rabbits without calling her because I did not want that after all that I, Time And the longer it went, the worse it would have been with my feelings, questioning it and her feelings, because why did she do it? Right. And I knew that. Well, what happened is I'm not a drinker at all, but I had Margarita, and that upset her so bad that I would have a Margarita. And... I wondered why she didn't like the other girl, and I, because she like Margarita, we went places. She have a Margarita one. Mm-hmm. but I never did. But I did that day. and it just made her so angry to think I would have Adrian.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes uh, we behave in ways that scare people away because we're trying to protect ourselves by putting up a wall, and. That's one way that we can.
4: Well, we're very good now, but it wouldn't have been if I hadn't stopped along the road and said, why?
5: Right. Drink Drink this. (laughs) (laughs) Did she say anything like,
3: did she realize what she had done? Or did she just lash out, not even realizing that um, she had hurt your feelings or had inappropriately... um, or focused on you because of something she has in the past or present is dealing with. Mm-hmm. I think so, she hated um, people to have
4: a drink even. I mean, it was like, I am not a drinker and rarely do
3: I have a drink. Well, the thing is, is you so, would not have ordered a drink had you yeah. known she had an issue with alcohol. She but if you don't know that you yeah. are gonna do something to somebody, you can't be held accountable because <laughs> you have no idea the background of this person, or what they're dealing with, or what happened that day, or whatever. I mean, you can apologize if you know about, you know, that you've hurt their feelings, or, you know, and she didn't really stuff. actually
4: come out and say, it's because you had a dream. <clears throat> when I started talking to her, visiting with her about calm, you know, calming her, and trying to calm myself, because I was, I was like, I mean, I couldn't believe after that many years, never ever did we have any negative feelings with each other.
1: Well, that's good that you reached back out to her after that. It sounds like you
6: triggered her anxiety (laughs) unknowingly, and that that her way of coping with her own anxiety was to lash out. Because I Mm was just shocked, totally. And then there's another nurse that was with us that
4: wasn't our number one year old that was always with us. And I I apologized to her, too. I said, My gosh, I asked you to come, and I thought it would be so fun for you to be with us. Then that happened, and I know she, I looked at her, and it was like whiteness, like, whoa, why did I even come to that. So I also called her and apologized for the action that had gone on, but it took a lot to, um, <coughs> she was showing some pictures <coughs> of the family, and one thing she does do is, all the time with their practice she's pulling on pictures on her phone pulling on pictures on her phone and I took away from that by talking to her because Pat beside me because she couldn't understand what she was saying so I told her mm-hmm. and that's why she said shut up mm-hmm. you're always talking all the time but it was the drink and I figured out it was the drink
1: mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you followed up with her after, and that's yeah, uh, that's a good way to handle that. <laughs> All right, we're going to look at Psalm 34.
7: <clears throat>
1: and this was written by David at this time in his life when he was um, acting like a crazy person. Um, so we're going to look at this psalm um, here. Is there someone that would read? Verse 1 to
7: 4. I will exalt the Lord at all times. Um, His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears.
1: Thanks, Ann. So how would you describe David's posture in these verses? I'm sorry?
0: Thankful. Mm-hmm. He took the focus off himself. <clears throat> yeah, that's
1: good. I think he's pointing out that the majesty of God and just how big God is. What do your prayers to the Lord sound like when you're stuck in a panic? Or sometimes, do we even go to the Lord? I know sometimes I think, oh, I, I can do this. You get so caught up in what's going on that you forget. He's there to help us.
6: I think I know different from what David writes. He's already thanking the Lord for what like he's doing or is going to do, and I'm always in a mode of, please help me. like still right. focusing on me and not realizing that he is helping
8: me. Right.
5: That's a good point.
8: So our Bible study group... Our small community group is all a bunch of us that are in the thick of toddlerhood. So there's like five couples, but we have 15 kids, like seven and under, nine and under. And so we've been working, like we were talking through the last couple of weeks, not having, we call them vending machine prayers. So like where our kids just think, like, because we're trying to like, we have four of them that are all four. And so it's like, okay, at a four-year-old age, we want them to understand that prayer is not asking God for something. Like, it's, God's not a vending machine. And so how do you teach kids to pray, not only when they need something, but also to say thank, like to be thankful and say thank you for something. And so we've been like trying to start working with our four-year-olds. And four is, the old, like Urban's their oldest is four, Petrie's their oldest is four, where ours is in the middle. You know, like, we haven't done the greatest job of that with our older kids. And so I think as we've talked about it, I kind of, like, as adults, we've realized, like, had this aha moment of, like, you know, we should, we're talking to ourselves a little bit here, too. Like, we don't, it's not a vending, like, God's not a vending machine. So think twice when you sit down and say your prayers at night or, you know, whenever. But if you're sit down and having, like, focused time in prayer, not to just be using it to ask for stuff, but, you know.
4: To be thankful too and so it's a good reminder. And I misinterpret that as a child. I thought we weren't supposed to go and ask God for things hmm. that it was praise all, you know, praise all the time. I wasn't supposed to ask just like a, if I went go your house, I wasn't supposed to ask for a or something. Hmm. You know, whatever. But yeah, you know, I it just me as an
8: adult. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, they asked Seth, Seth last week if there was anyone that he thought could use prayer from God, and he said Macklin, which Macklin is my daughter. So apparently he thought she could use a little extra God in her life. That's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so that. During youth group, they would be. Yeah, that is just, so so step like, just Apparently a my child needs
0: <laughs> more well, God in her
8: life. I love you know,
5: Seth. I love
8: him. He really does. <laughs>
1: that's great (laughs) (laughs) that's great but I think both components are wonderful because the the praise, the adoration the thankfulness helps reorient our thinking from our immediate situation that we're feeling overwhelmed with and focuses it on God who's so much bigger than our little I mean it could be a huge problem but it's a little problem in the grand scheme of things. And and then and then the asking because he says come to me.
2: I I know I've started in the morning because you don't know what's gonna happen that day. And especially in my line of work and you know you have something planned out for the day and <coughs> it can easily change all at once. And so I've and I used to tend to, then I'd get overwhelmed. And I mean, not that I still don't, but I, I think I've gotten better about that. But I've, I've started in the morning just saying, because it's kind of like still asking something, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm just like, help me and remind me that when I start to feel that way, like get inside the head or something, <laughs> I don't know, to, um, to come to you mm-hmm. and ask you for guidance and help to stop. You know, whatever I'm doing, if I'm getting overwhelmed, to stop and just reach out to you and ask you for that help and that guidance that's great. To get through it. And that usually works. <laughs> Upside the head? Yeah. There's usually something <laughs> that, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Will someone read verse 4 again?
5: to the Lord and he answered me freeing me
1: from all my fears -hmm. so what happens in the beginning of this
5: verse
1: did you say pray Yeah, yeah we go to God that's the first step and then we get the blessing of being delivered from our fears it doesn't necessarily it doesn't say here that he delivers us from the circumstances. Now, there, there are verses that talk about that too, but in this verse it's talking about, he delivers us from our fears. And I think that's huge, because when we're seeking the Lord, that's his desire, is to, to calm those fears. What do you think it means to seek the Lord?
5: Turn, God. Mm-hmm. Word, yeah, where? yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think too, you know, just
1: to be honest with God as far as like where you're at. Mm-hmm.
5: He already knows, sometimes we try to, try you know, sugarcoat it. Yeah, sugarcoat it. Yeah, but just to be honest, this is where
1: I'm struggling right now. I yeah. need to, you know, for sure. Yeah, well, someone reverse five.
8: Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be
1: ashamed. When was the last time you felt joyful and void of shame?
3: I went to the If Gathering yesterday. I blessed hope oh, <laughs> really it, yeah, yeah. it was really great. Yeah, really good. Me. So, yeah, when you're when you're really in a community, you know, just focused on the Lord and all He's done and what you're. Helping to contribute, then, then I can feel that joy and peace because it's it's just you're full of and it happens in small groups like when I'm in my small groups and um, but yeah that's when I really feel peace and um, I actually see a counselor um, for you guys are gonna learn a little too much um, for PTSD and trauma and she's a Christian counselor and. She has she has me do this thing called Calm Place. And so you think of something that really is the most calming thing that can help you when your anxiety gets really high. And mine is, um, I, get, I get emotional, but in The Chosen, when Jesus is in his camp. I don't know if you guys have seen The Chosen. Um, in his white robe and the children come to him. And he, you know, he's sitting with them. And it's so... Peaceful and, and um, so that's what I I try to think of you know as I get into the word or if I can't if I'm driving or something and and just try to you know so vision your not everybody might be you know I guess if it's not a Christian counselor and if you're not walking with the Lord that might not be your calm place but yeah uh, it is it's the calmest thing that can give me peace is to think of, because I love children too so. You know jesus with the children and it just and envisioned his face and his arms around them so i know that really helps me a lot it's
8: sure. funny because when we were talking last week about praying with kids we were referencing yeah. that so scene good. in the show scene because it's we were so like good. you don't always picture jesus as like this friendly person like no. we put jesus on a pedestal and whether we mean to or not, naturally that's kind of the direction and that's that rubbed <laughs> off on our kids and so we we're like we were talking yeah. about that specific scene and how he's so
3: approachable. Yeah, that's Jesus is approachable thing. and, and sometimes and, I think we think and, he's not and, although we know we're supposed to think he is yes, Yeah. but that makes it
0: he's sitting like on a lawn uh-huh. you know, yeah.
3: it's um, it's such a good vision so yeah.
1: we're gonna, we're going to talk about that a little bit in just a minute um, a little bit more about. That. No, no, that's good. <laughs> you did. Nice <laughs> <You did>. segue. <laughs> so we're uh, we're gonna read verse eight. Who wants to read that? Taste and see
7: that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one
3: who takes refuge
1: in Him. might have a version that says happy? You wanna do you wanna read that?
8: Um, taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the
5: person
1: who takes refuge in Perfect. Yeah. Blessed or happy. So how happy does your heart feel right now? What does refuge, taking refuge in the Lord, look like? What are some things that we take refuge in that is apart from the Lord? <laughs> Yeah. Are you
2: talking
1: like society in general? Or Anything? Chocolate. <laughs> as <they say>. <laughs> <laughs> people, you know, like people with addictions and such. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: they take right. refuge in alcohol or drugs or, um, you know, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: you know, How about so social media? cars <laughs> Cards. <yeah. laughs> social media. <if> you <clears throat> know. Yeah.
0: yeah. But also people in general. Well, I was just going to say, what
1: about friends? How many times do you go to your friend for advice before we go to the Lord?
0: Yeah. Or spouse.
1: Our spouse.
5: And soft furry dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can't talk back. and to to just again, listen. <laughs> <laughs> or cat. Or cat. <laughs>
0: Can't
3: tell you no. What he said, Zacon. And being in the barn is a good refuge for me. I said if my dogs and horses could be right. cycled, <laughs> they would say a lot.
4: So yeah.
3: <laughs> they learned a lot. i like, good.
4: You can be your horse and you go down the road and it's so calm and you can look this way and look that way. It's,
1: yeah, it's, good. it's it's good it, being out in nature. Yeah. Well, someone read verse 11.
0: Come, my children, and listen to me, and I'll teach you to fear the Lord.
1: So the fear of the Lord, what does that mean?
3: It's putting Him above all others and um, trusting in Him and uh, and obedient to him.
1: Does it look like the same kind of fear, like you're fearing a circumstance or... No.
0: to get a healthy respect yeah when you fear the Lord it feels peaceful because you know that you're doing the Lord task yes
3: well it reframes everything because suddenly you aren't so concerned about this earthly mm-hmm. problems it's just naturally that's a huge fear you know he's in control mm-hmm. shifts everything
1: for sure yeah Fear is not a bad thing when it's focused on the Lord. When we fear the wrong things, that's when we feel anxiety. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we're going to look at a few verses here. I handed out some verse cards. um, What God's word says about the fear, what the fear of the Lord leads to. So let's start with Psalm 2514. Who has that one?
5: the Lord is for
1: those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. That is it? What version is that? Uh,
5: NASB.
1: NASB. I'm going to read a different version, not that
6: just one What is this? 25, 14?
1: Yeah. 14. It says virtually the same thing but just in... Different words. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear Him, and He makes known to them His covenant. Will you read yours again?
5: The secret of the Lord is for those who fear Him, and He will make them know His covenant.
1: That's interesting. Secret
8: versus friendship. friendship What version is yours? ESV. This one has a footnote that says it says friendship, and then it says or the secret counsel.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Confides? Okay. Well, that, yeah. The connotation is a very close knit. So that's what the fear of the Lord leads to. All right. Who has Proverbs 9 10? Great. So, what does the fear of the Lord lead to in that verse? Wisdom, Wisdom. knowledge,
5: Understand.
1: understanding. Yep. All right. Who has Proverbs fourteen twenty-six?
0: <laughs>
1: okay, you can go next. <laughs> You want to read 26?
7: Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge.
1: Hmm. So, what does the fear of the Lord lead to in that verse? Mm-hmm. That's great. You want to read verse
0: 27? Fear of the Lord is a life giving they are offers escape from the snares of death.
1: So what does the fear of the Lord lead to in there? Hmm? Life. Life. Eternal life. And we we can avoid the snares of the devil. Um, Proverbs 19.23.
5: Fear of the Lord gives life, security, and protection from harm.
1: So what does the fear of the Lord lead to there? Yeah, and and the things there are things that happen in our lives that don't seem like are very um, safe or we're being protected but we have to remember that God has allowed those things in our life for a reason and
6: <laughs> she's throwing her. She
1: wants everybody to know she's here <laughs> he desires those things for our good and his glory and a lot of times it's it's so difficult to see the good in it in, in the middle of it and sometimes even years later but that's God's desire for all those things that happen um, and sometimes it takes a while for us to get to see it from that perspective um we do proverbs 22 4 okay go ahead
6: Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life.
1: Okay. So what does the fear of the Lord lead to there? Reward.
5: Yeah.
1: And that doesn't, like you said, riches. That doesn't always necessarily mean physical riches, but there's so many spiritual riches to be found in Christ. Okay, Luke 1.50. Who is that one?
4: And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation.
1: So, what do we get from the fear of the Lord there? Mercy. Mercy, yeah. When we fear the Lord, it's easier not to worry about the things the Lord has already defeated. When we fear the Lord, we remember he's our shield and protector. Let's look at verse 9 in Psalm 34, back to the psalm we were looking at here. <clears throat> o fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. So what do we lack? Nothing. And that's, that's different than our wants are met. it means our needs are met and it's hard sometimes for us in this American culture to remember what needs are (laughs) and then in verse 7 it says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them many times we try to shield ourselves from unwanted situations conversations or conflict when the Lord wants to be that for us or to walk through through them with us. we um, like... 10 minutes. I don't know if I have time. Okay, I'm going to real quick go into the next um, section here looking at First Samuel 22. We're not going to read the whole chapter. There's a lot there. <clears throat> but after the king King Achish rejected David um, after he was acting crazy David fled to the cave of Adullam and that's where at this time Saul was hunting for him and in this chapter um, Saul finds out that David received supplies and a weapon from someone and because of that, Saul had Ahimelech, who was a priest, and then 84 other priests put to death for helping David. So that's the background that we're going to look at in Psalm 27. Spurgeon thought that this psalm was specifically written when he was going through this time period in his life. So we're going to look at Psalm 27. And will someone read the first verse?
0: The Lord
5: is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, and whom shall I dread?
1: So what are the two questions that David poses here?
5: Whom shall I fear? Okay. Whom shall I
1: dread? Yeah. Um, but while he asks the question even before he asks the question he's already answering it Mm -hmm. so truth anchors his feelings Um, the Lord is the light and my my salvation and the Lord is the stronghold of my life Um, he's, he's seeing how big God is compared to himself his enemies and his problems Um, everything and everyone is at the mercy of God our enemies are never more powerful than God himself when you think of a stronghold what do you think of a
5: fortress
1: yeah yeah it's protection right It's built very sturdy um and that's what God is for us he's a stronghold our protection um we don't make it through this class without the Lord giving us breath in our lungs Um, he's what sustains everything um so what are some things or people or situations that you sometimes fear rather than the Lord?
6: People in general.
5: <laughs> My girlfriend.
6: <laughs> but why people? What is it about people that is... They suck. <laughs> Maybe not...
0: No. So what they're going to say... They're
6: sinners and they're... they're, they're Everybody is just... Yeah, it's more in my head than what's real. Like, it's really my me that mm. I'm afraid of and my thoughts of what they're thinking about me. Right.
0: Society.
1: Mm-hmm. The expectations. Okay. And
2: want to meet those expectations.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: And people could be cruel. Yeah. So you, you know, you think about that, but... um you've got to look past that, a lot most of the time, most mm-hmm. people that are so cruel. I feel like cruel
4: sometimes. You know, sometimes you should shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're
6: all we all fail. <laughs> <laughs> so, like we're just, that's just the we live on a broken, fallen world. So
0: right, yeah. People are still to worldly standards instead of biblical godly
1: hmm Yeah. Okay, so we're going to look at Psalm 27, verse 1 to 4. Um, We already read the first verse. Does somebody want to read verse 2 to
0: 4? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, devoting the Lord's reflections and meditating in his
1: time. Thanks, Emma. So how do these verses help you get your mind off of your enemies or what you're afraid of and onto the Lord? Focused on
6: eternity and not the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and he's really he he, he wrote this psalm um, about Doeg who is the guy that basically betrayed him. He told King Saul that he saw David getting provisions and a weapon from somebody, and because of that, Saul had all these people put to death. So he David is recognizing this guy betrayed me, but. The Lord, because of the Lord, I can be confident. And the Lord is going to protect me. Um.
6: It's interesting. Sorry. Go ahead. It's interesting to me because I'm um, the, speaking for myself personally, the New Testament is much easier to read and relate to and understand. Um, but this is like an eye opening experience for me because there's a verse in the New Testament that's like, I don't know where it is, or I'm not a biblical scholar, but if, if the Lord is for me, who can be against me, type thing? Mm-hmm. And that's basically what you've been saying to you.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's, he's the stronghold of my life. Um, I think it's helpful when we're feeling overwhelmed with our circumstances take a step back and and reading some of these Psalms is so, so helpful because we see just the majesty of God and all of the problems in my life kind of fade into the background or become more in the right perspective um, when we just see how amazing and majestic God is going on a walk and look at the sky look at the stars like we're we're so small compared to all of this that God's created
5: well, it's kind of like going back to Psalm 34 you know magnify the Lord with me mm-hmm. it's not that God needs to be bigger it's that we need to see him bigger because mm-hmm. our emotional you know issues become the most biggest thing in our lives when we're going through a time of anxiety mm-hmm. but really God is big, so we just need to magnify him in our heart and minds you know so yeah. really that's what he's doing here and it should focus yeah
1: yeah. Yeah, that's good.
5: I think it must be hard to be a pastor's
4: one. <laughs> really, I'm serious. You're always on display. Yeah. And you have to watch how you act. And sometimes I don't think you feel like you can be normal. What you think is normal, <laughs> you know. Really, I mean, I I think I think it's it's very hard, really, mm-hmm. to be my
1: heart is with you because, you know it is hard. yeah I think you have to work through who am I living to please um, lots of expectations um, but but my life is for the Lord and I needed to obey him what he wants of me not what other people expect mm-hmm necessarily, and that's hard because you want to please people. And
4: There's a lot of jobs that, you know, you feel like you have to act, like, and then you go home and this is you, but mm-hmm. you know, I, just, I do know that to be very hard to mm-hmm.
1: be you when
6: you pastor's boy.
1: Well, I try to be authentic. I but... wear the
8: hat Oh,
1: okay. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just in, have to find good friends you can complain to. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The Lord is good for that. <laughs> he doesn't go and talk to anybody. <laughs> um, in verse 4, it says, uh, Where are we here? One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Um, so how do we do this?
0: I think they have to be intentional about it. We have to instead of let the outside influences um steer our eyes away from we need to intentionally focus on God. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much around us that can pull our attention, and affect our thinking. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Taking yourself out of the moment where you're like, "Oh, this is going to be like so terrible," and like, in fact, even if it's not happened yet, like mm-hmm. being like, "Okay, what has God done for me so far?" Like mm-hmm. sometimes I like to go through my phone and look at the sunset pictures that I take and like God made this like mm-hmm. he, he, if He can make this He can mm-hmm. He knows every single star in the sky that I'll be fine like yeah. as long as I trust Him
1: so, yeah and reminding ourselves of how He's been faithful to us specifically in the past I don't know if some of you keep a journal but it's a helpful way to go back and see how God's been faithful in the past and we will do it again it's mm-hmm. good. When you're stuck worrying about your enemies or perceived enemies, is it easy to worship? And I think that's where getting in the Psalms and re- orienting our perspective to the greatness of God helps us forget about those things and keeps us anchored to the truth of that, that God's going to be faithful to us. Um, Sometimes singing worship song can help with that, too. Um, what are some ways you can wait for the Lord as you battle your fear of people?
5: Mm-hmm.
7: And then dwell on the sunsets and the stars and even mm-hmm. Christian music on yeah. pushing those out, mm-hmm. those voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get you focus back on God the Creator. I
6: think that's a good point, is just recognizing. That's been one of the things that has helped me a lot, is recognizing when I learn my thoughts are getting carried away and ahead of myself is recognizing that Satan is like wily and will attack the tiniest crack yes. and just being able to recognize that he is real and there and ready and having the the mindset of saying no like Jesus protect me
0: yeah even if you have to say that loud oh yeah loud. oh yeah or scream it sometimes when i'm sitting at school and there are people that i just i don't want to feel rude but i also don't want to participate in what they're doing and then i'll like go somewhere else and i'll feel safe and be like oh just tell me a lot of things and i'm just like no no go away i don't want to saying it out loud
1: what about acting on what we know to be true in the word I think for me, that was a, a pivotal part of me overcoming the Lord, allow, allowing the anxiety to dissipate. was He was showing me in His Word, okay, this is what I want you to do. And if I hadn't done it, I don't know that I would have seen any victory in this area. And I think there are a lot of ways that the word is clear about how how we can overcome how we can um, fight anxious thoughts but if we don't act on that I think we're not going to see the victory that he desires for us
7: Does anybody
4: feel like that something is going on with you that's really 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 sad and you're crying and you're mad and you're happy and you're just everything and then You've heard the Lord speak to you because I have. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people think that's crazy or awful, but in the circumstances I've been, you know, mm-hmm. I actually could hear Him speak to me, saying, you know, all, and it's crazy. You hear this all the time, but I heard that Luana, I will never give you more than you can endure. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me through a lot of things, because I can everyone, I don't think I'm going to make it, but you can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah I'm going to finish with a quote here um, from Scarlet. Uh, it's very helpful. "Some things remain unfinished, unsaid, unheard, untied, unraveled. but we have a shield. Not to protect us from all pain, but to protect us from the pain that lasts forever. God is the only relational being who can love us perfectly and forgive us fully, and he does. The more I meditate on that, I know my eternity ends finished, tied, heard, and beautifully held together. Then it is easier for me to make peace with today's loose ends. Is there anyone that would like to close in prayer?
5: Father, we thank you for the world. We thank you, Lord, that you are our refuge. Ask, Lord, that you, by your grace, help us to go through this room and carry the, the scriptures that we've read and the things that we've talked about and, and heard, Lord. We would um, not just leave them here, but we carry them with us throughout the week, Lord, and that we would um, set our hearts and our focus on you and magnify you to... To see you correctly in every situation, Lord. Ask you to go with us as we go from this place in Jesus' name. Amen.